Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 20 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and spirit guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Jed Simon of Vimic Zimmer's Hole and formerly of Strapping Young Lad discusses his first band, and I recommend the latest from the band Ghost Toast. As the episode description says, I also interview metal legend Gene Hoagland. It's hard to say where one might know Gene from the most. He was a member of the pivotal band Death, playing on both symbolic and individual thought patterns. He also played a strapping young lad since the album City and everything after that. Hell, he was even the actual drummer behind Pickles the Drummer of Death Clock from Metalocalypse. Then there's Dark Angel, Testament, Devin Townsend's solo stuff, Zimmer's Hole, and just really so much more. Gene was on Far Beyond Metal to promote his most recent instructional drum DVD, Atomic Clock, The Clock Strikes 2, which is out now at hoaglandindustries.com and other retailers. Unlike most instructional videos, Clock Strikes 2 really is more than something just for drummers. Truth be told, drum solos are probably my least favorite part of a live show, and this DVD is still great. Gene plays through classic songs from his catalog and shares stories, and it winds up being a music DVD for music fans, not just drummers. Before we get started with Mr. Hoagland, here's just one of the many performances with death. This is Crystal Mountain from the album Symbolic. Now the uh, earbuds are in, and hopefully this sounds a little better for it, you. It does indeed. Thank you. Okay, cool. Excellent. Already fantastic. So um, we are here to talk about primarily the uh, Clock Strikes 2 DVD that uh, dropped earlier this year, late last year. I forget the exact actual, actual release time for it. Pretty much this year. It dropped this year. Uh, what did you cover this time, or what made you decide to cover what you covered in this one that you didn't on the last one? Because DVDs are kind of limitless with uh, how many discs can throw in, but where did you decide the line was? I guess. Uh, um, well, I guess probably where we we decided to draw the line is just if if I kept going on this and had like a four hour compendium of information, then that would you know that would just be kind of twice the expense, you know, like to, to get a second DVD on there, um, but. Uh, you know, we just kind of we, we stopped at around the two hour mark. And um, but one thing that was really exciting going into this latest DVD is after the last one, I had realized, well, gosh, there is a whole bunch of stuff that, that I, I, I didn't necessarily cover. Um, and the nice thing about this next one um, or the latest one, I guess, is that I was able to get licenses for a lot of the songs of a lot of the bands that I've, I've, I've played with throughout the years. And that was one thing I wasn't able to do on the first one. So with the, with the latest being able to get, you know, some death and some Testament, some strapping young lad and all that sort of stuff. Um, that kind of opened it up a little bit more audience wise, I hope. Um, Cause there are, uh, you know, people that are probably like, well, I'm not familiar with the band that he mostly, focused on on the first one but hey i like death i like strapping i like testament i like meldrum galacticon all that sort of stuff so i want to check this one out so hopefully that's that's drawn a few more interested parties into viewing it and um and also you know some of the tracks that i chose you know i tried to choose tracks that i i i liked but uh like for instance you know i love skexis from strapping that's one of my favorite strapping tunes so getting to put that one on there was really awesome because it's not the typical, you know, kind of e either thrash or rock type song that you would see on a, on a DVD like this. So 
hopefully it was it was entertaining enough that that people would be like yeah cool i want to i want to see the rest of it now so so there you go <laughs> and and uh is there more or less storytelling on this one than there was on the uh the first um i would say there is probably an equal amount but just in different ways this w- these like i guess whatever stories i tell are kind of um I guess, integrated into the songs, you know, like I'll, for instance, I have a lot of breakdown uh, chapters on this where I break down pieces of the songs that I've just played. And, you know, I, I, you see me crabbing throughout the whole breakdown process of, you know, breakdowns are stupid. I don't want to do these. I'm going to fight this in editing sort of thing. (laughs) That's where, that's where a lot of the humor and a lot of the human element came into play on this one because um you know it, it it's also not like the editing itself it this isn't necessarily cut like an instructional dvd we tried to cut it more like a like a music video um and so for the purists out there that are like man i want to see one shot of the drums and i want to see the feet down at the you know a couple of cameras on the feet at the bottom we don't give you that. Sorry. You know, we just try to make it entertaining for people like, you know, the MTV generation, they got a short, short attention span. So I tried to accommodate for that. But, uh, so the cuts are more like a, like a music video and, and hopefully it's entertaining for people. And, you know, I, I do try to bring the human element to, to everything that I do. And I try to bring some humor in and, and, um, the, the humor just kind of just, just happens as it goes, you know, my reactions to, like, damn, I'm having a hard time playing this beat right here that I'm trying to show you, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's that's where, you know, I, I, I guess that's how it's the, the storytelling. You know, it's not like I have, hey, now story time, kids. I'm going to tell you something about something. You know, the, the stories just kind of pop up in the middle of, you know, they're, they're kind of like squirrel tangents or something. Hey, look, a squirrel. You know, so. <laughs> You're very much you Doug go. from uh, Up, I'm guessing. Doug? Is that the dog's name? I think it's a dog's name. Uh, anyway, uh, with your stories, do you find uh, this is like a, um, a refreshing way to tell about, you know, your, your career? Or do you see yourself in the future potentially releasing a actual uh, an autobiography? Because uh, there's so many musicians out there with theirs, and uh, I feel like you've got a lot, a lot of past that could be covered. Boy, I tell you, back in 1995, I started writing one. And then I thought, well, who the hell would want to, you know, and, and I guess it was more anecdotal, like things I've seen on the road and fun stories from the road and stuff like that. And then I just kind of dropped that idea. Um, if the market wasn't so glutted by most of these people who release these autobiographies are not interesting enough to have a biography, you know, even a biography written about them, let alone one that they write themselves. And I tell you, mine would be so different from everybody else's. Um, first of all, even though I had a childhood, unlike 99% of the people out there, you know, like just growing up in, you know, kind of around the rock and roll industry and, and you know, going to clubs when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, meeting all the people, hanging out at the parties that I did when I was 13 sort of thing, 15, um, I, I I would still not bog it down by uh, talking a lot about my childhood. Like, you know, I, I, I read Lemmy's and it was quite, you know, way too much devoted to your growing up. You know, it's like, oh, God, who wants, you know, get right to the rock and roll. Come on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the one story that really stuck with me about Lemmy's is when he gets pulled over in the van with that friend and they just take all the pills they have, uppers, downers, everything, and then it's just yeah, a blur. Sure. That's, that's honestly kind of all that stuck with me from that book, uh, but I, I totally agree with the whole over-childhood thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, even like, uh, you know, Keith Richards, because I do read a lot of these guys' biographies, you know, and, and um, that's always my big complaint. It's like nobody cares about your you know, tell them, yeah, I got my first guitar at age seven, learned how to play. Cool. But guys will want to talk about, Oh, I, you know, when I went down to the shop with my mom and picked out that guitar and brought it home and the way it looked and the way it smelled, it's like, 
God, get get how cocaine <laughs> smells, for God's sake, you know. Uh, who gave you the nickname the Atomic Clock? Um, boy, that's just. I, I, I think Val from Zimmer's Hole did, you know, he, he just happened to mention it. Like we used to rehearse at Val's chopper shop, you know, Val had a, had a chopper shop slash, uh, um, special effects unit that, that we strapping used to rehearse out of. And I think he just came up after one of our rehearsals and just mentioned like Hoagland, damn, you're just, you're solid as the atomic clock, you know? And I think Deb heard it and, and it started making its way onto like, you know, credits for albums and stuff. And then it just kind of stuck. And it's, it's a nicer, uh, it's a cooler nickname, I suppose, than, you know, mean gene, the drumming machine or something, you know, like it's, it's just pretty innocuous. Um, nickname but but you know i it's i enjoy it i don't hate it so so there you go Alrighty. uh speaking of zimmer's hole i talked to jed a few episodes back and he played some riffs from something he was working on and uh how is the rest of the zimmer's hole next album coming well i you have to really talk to jed about <laughs> that because jed is the man in charge of writing the riffs at the moment and I got to see Jed briefly um, in Philadelphia last month when Testament was playing there. And, um, you know, we didn't get to chat a whole lot about like, hey, what's, you know, what's the game plan? What's happening? I know he has things coming up with uh, Vimic, you know, the Joey Jordison project that he's a part of. And, um, but, you know, ironically, myself and Lara Christine, our newest member of Zimmer's Hole, we were going to reach out to Jed and say, hey, man, you want to, you want to come down to San Diego and do some jamming like we talked about? You know, we've, we've touched on that in the past and we both live in San Diego and have a jam space down here. And Jed was like, you, I want to come down to San Diego and do some jamming. So I think we're going to reach out to Jed or maybe we're reaching out to Jed right now in this podcast. You know, Hey Jed, come to San Diego, do some jamming if you want. So I think I've still got a Skype. I could, I don't know, write him a message. He'll be like, who are you? I'll be like, never mind. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. We're, we're going to reach out to him in the next couple of days. It's nice. just a, pretty crazy few days here so you know we'll start seeing if he if, if he's into it and if he's got the time available i have a little bit of opening in my schedule for the next little bit so you know strike while the iron's hot sort of thing yeah you're like the busiest guy on the planet from what i can tell with your schedule and your your output like uh galacticon's coming out in august right that's right yes are, are super you, excited about that i'm assuming at this point you guys are done recording it uh, yeah, we finished, um, you know, it's been, Jesus, it's, it's, it's been finished. We were, we were going through the mixing process earlier this year. So yeah, it's, I tracked my, my drums, you know, quite some time ago. And, and then Brendan, you know, uh, it, it's good that he didn't have a, like a deadline. Cause I remember sometimes during death clock recordings and, and stuff like that, there was always some kind of like ball crushing deadline that that has to happen you know and and god i remember when when we when we recorded the when i recorded the drums for um the the doomstar requiem i did that over the course of a couple of days and i was like the last person to record they had just recorded everything to a click recorded tons of stuff um the only thing brendan had left to do was take the entire project up to uh to Skywalker ranch and, and, and get the, the, the orchestra on it. But I was the last guy to record and it was literally like, I think it was like three weeks before the air date is when I was in there tracking. So it was like, and you know, I've watched Brendan, like while we were on the road on tour with death clock, Brendan's on his computer up, you know, like the, thursday before the sunday airing of this episode that he's working on you know he's showing us little bits of it and there's still like storyboard in injected into the storyboards you know like well we don't have we don't have the artwork for this completed yet but here's the storyboards for it and here's all the here's all the the the, the spoken word part portion of it but i'm like god this thing airs in like you know two and a half days and this is this is crazy you know so there's always some crazy deadline so um i'm glad that brendan was able to take his time and really you know complete the galacticon 
in the way that he wanted to, you know, and that's always the thing with, with albums and probably movies, you know, there's, your album is never completed. It's just the deadline is, you know, you hit the deadline. That's all, you know. I had no idea that Metalocalypse was on like a South Park kind of turnaround because those guys, yeah, you know, yeah, shit out in a week or something, but that's, that's insane. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 think oh these things are probably done three four months ago and they're just sitting in the can until airtime. It's like I I think many of the episodes were, but you know it's like Jesus, you know it's Thursday night and Brendan comes off stage and goes right to his computer and has to finish directing sort of thing. So that's pretty fun. A oh, peek behind the curtain, I suppose. Yeah, that is. Uh, with Death Clock kind of being not a thing anymore with adult swim having a hand in it i i suppose is there any mm -hmm. uh combination of sounds between galacticon and death clock now on this new record well that's one thing i would i would have to admit is there's not only the combination of those both both those projects but also the the doomstar requiem um oh, that's cool which that was you know a lot of a lot of great uh you know queen-esque vocals and things like that that aren't necessarily a part of death clock. And there was, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of vocals on this that weren't a part of the Galacticon. Um, first, first album Brandon put out. Um, it's, you know, it's way heavier. And so I, I, I do believe that this is kind of an amalgamation of, of where Brendan's styles have, have led him, you know, and, and it's, it's, a, it's an amazing amalgamation of, sounds that will remind you of death clock and elements that will remind you of galacticon and 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 the doomstar requiem so it's 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 definitely an all-encompassing record by by all means and so about the only thing i could say is if anybody's a fan of any of those three projects or merely one of those projects or the most popular of those projects there's a lot on here that you're going to really really enjoy that's exciting I uh, think there'll be a tour of it. Uh, we hope so. Awesome. I hope so. You know, I, I, I'm. It's all in the inception stages right now. But um, you know, I know Brendan can answer that question better than I could. But anytime there's any kind of Brendan, Brian Beller, Mike Keneally, you know, uh, just melding, we're we're all for it always. So that's always really cool. I know the show was not necessarily your baby per se. But how did you feel about Adult Swim essentially taunting their fans, having them fax stuff over, wanting the show back, and then just shredding it? Um, well, since it's since it wasn't necessarily my baby, but I did have definitely, you know, interests involved with it. Um, I don't know necessarily what I can say, but I've, I'm I am no appreciator, nor have I ever been of adult swim of their tactics and like here is a is a very viable uh just creative project that you know the gods on high deemed not viable anymore you know and um i i, I know there's a bunch of things that i don't know about the demise of it but when it comes to like I just I guess it's maybe the ruthlessness of of the mega conglomerate companies that they're like you know well we don't want it but you Brandon can't have it you know it's like why wouldn't you just turn over you know if you're not going to do anything with this but there are a lot of people that still enjoy this and there there are outlets available for it why not come to some form of agreement? It could be some monetary agreement of, of something where it's like, okay, well, it's not ours anymore. Brendan, it's back in your hands, the creator of this, the, 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 the guiding light behind this. And a lot of people did enjoy it. Um, I, I, I never quite understand how the, the heartlessness of the, 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 the conglomerate with no face, you know, how, how they can, how can, how they can act the way that they do. And I'm I, like, I say, there's, there's probably a lot of knowledge that I am not privy to. So I am, I am merely speaking from my opinion, from a fan of the show, you know, it's like, shit, why can't, why can't this show exist? 
adult swim you know suck it so that's where i feel about it you know? uh, that's fair uh i i feel like you probably share a sentiment with a lot of fans like myself i, f- I thought it was kind of yeah totally kind of a, just a dick move on their part but you know i'd be willing to give 20 percent of my ticket to adult swim to see i don't know the show somewhere sure man like shit you know be a dude don't be a dude exactly some of Danger Tits from the first album Brendan Small released under the Galacticon banner. Brendan Small's Galacticon 2 Becoming the Storm will be released on August 25th and Gene Hoagland once again plays drums on that. I'll have more with Gene in a bit, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Jed Simon discusses his heavy metal origins. What was your first band called and what did it sound like? Ah! <laughs> That's my usually a response called... too. <laughs> ah! My first band was called The Intruders, and uh, we did a lot of covers. We did a full, I had been in private school previously. We did a full set of ACDC, and I, I was Angus, and I wore my school costume. I just cut the pants off, so I had shorts. And uh, we sounded like that. Can you and, do the uh, walk? Ne- huh? Could you do the walk? Did you do no, the walk? walk. No, I, you know, I never really liked Angus. I'm a total Malcolm fan. I'm a rhythm <laughs> guy, you know, but I just didn't, I didn't realize it when I was young. <laughs> it just... wasn't really later that that, that, that became apparent. That was We Rule This Fucking Land by Zimmer's Hole from their album When You Were Shouting at the Devil, We Were in League with Satan. Jed Simon is currently working on the next Zimmer's Hole record, and you can hear the rest of my chat with him back on episode 15 of this very podcast. Before we wrap up with Gene Hoagland, here's some of his work with Strapping Young Lad. From the album SYL, here is my favorite Strapping Young Lad song, Aftermath.
uh, coming back to the to the DVD a bit, uh, how nostalgic are you about your past material? Because you played some strapping, you played some death, and some other stuff from your past. How did it feel to play those songs again in any sort of setting, or or do you just? Um, well, I, you know, I ironically like the 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 DVD and also like the death to all project that we have going all kind of came from the impetus of that idea was when in like 2011 I was I, I was doing a series of clinic uh, shows all over all over the world where I was um, focusing on on the individual thought patterns album because it had its re-release that same year so I thought well hell just go out and do some you know death only kind of you know clinics and and gene hoagland experience sort of thing and that allowed me to start playing these songs again that i hadn't played in quite some time and it was like wow this is actually kind of a challenge because i you know i i I don't go back and listen to a lot of my old stuff just to listen to it um unless i am going in to record an album and that's when i will break out old material of mine to get inspiration from from like the physical aspect of it it's like hey you played double bass this fast at one point you're a better drummer now so listen to this get into it and the fact that you did this once you could do it again for this upcoming project and so i'm not sure if it's nostalgia but it sure is neat you know it's given you know there at at this moment in time, there is no more strapping on lad. I, I I couldn't tell you about the future. Um, that's a Devin question. But hey, at least I get to have a moment of strapping where I play Skexis, you know. And I recorded another. I recorded. I remember recording Wrong Side for the DVD as well, but we never got the stems for it afterwards. Like I I literally recorded to the the album version of wrong side off, off the new black, but we never got the stem. So I couldn't put it on there. I didn't want to put it on with, Hey, there's, there's actually the studio drums in the background on this. That's not good. You know? So we weren't able to achieve the stems for that. So that one stayed off this, but if I were to do another DVD, I would love to do some more strapping, you know, do like shit storm or something cool, you know? And, and, but it, it is fun to revisit this stuff and, like especially in in terms of death, it's fun to go out and play with with you know Death to All and revisit all the old songs and and have a real blast doing it. And like I've said in in other interviews and stuff, there was like more or less zero preparation on my part for the DVD. Um, like that's I, like two days before our filming our first day of filming i i two days before i was in europe you know like i flew in pretty much directly to vancouver to 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 film the dvd and so i was on tour with europe with testament playing songs like rise up and native blood and that's why those songs came out so tight on on the on the dvd they were just like wow you know you, you just You've just rehearsed these two songs for the last month and a half mm-hmm. over in Europe, and and you gave no preparation whatsoever to any of the other songs. Like when I'm when I recorded the philosopher on the DVD, um, I, I, I've mentioned this elsewhere is that I had absolutely no idea until we were recording and they caught it on film that you know I, I didn't even consider the fact that the fade out on philosopher that happens on on you know that's the last track on the album the fade out that happens on that does not happen in in the the stems that we had you know just the band just keeps playing until we stopped playing and so i didn't even know until i'm recording that that oh shit this is going long i you know i wasn't even thinking i wasn't even the mindset of like oh yeah by the way there was a fade on that so you know, maybe play it up to the fade and then just stop playing. It's like, no, I just played through it because it's like, shit, how long is this going to go? Like, and I get off, you know, people I've seen people crabbing about, man, he goes really off time at the end. Yeah. Because his mind is being blown. That's the fact <laughs> that he's, he's having to play to no click shitty sounding stems and this extra, who knows how long this is going to be 
portion of the song. So, so there you go. Uh, is there more death to all tours or shows in the pipeline? We are talking about doing more stuff. I, I, I believe it's been put out on Facebook somewhere that, oh, these are the last shows the band's ever going to do. It's like, uh, you don't get to decide. Whoever decided that is not in the band. Fair. So, <laughs> you know, and, and it's up to us to go out and do what we want. And schedules being being what they are, you know, we might not be able to get to something until 2018. But shit, if there's, if there's some open availabilities in 2018 that we can go out and do some fun stuff. Like that's the thing about death to all is it is so fun for us to do. It's, it's that and working with Brandon, death clock, Galacticon, whatever. Those are fun projects, you know, no, no drama, just super fun. And we love being able to take music that is still current, you know, like with, with death, you know, I mean, obviously Chuck is no longer with us, but we are of the mindset, the collective mindset, I suppose, of just because Chuck is is gone, that doesn't mean his music should be gone as well. And if you have people that are willing to go out and keep keep the, keep Chuck's legacy alive, keep the musical legacy alive by going out and playing it, then how cool is that? You know, it's a it's meant to be a tribute. It's meant to be fun, and there are. And I'm not joking whatsoever. There are grown metalheads in the front row crying. You know, every night there are tears coming down people's faces. There are people in between songs yelling, thank you. You know, thank you for doing this. And, you know, for all the folks that didn't get to see Death, you know, I mean, Death hasn't played live since 1998, you know. And so there's a lot of people that didn't get to see Death in any in any of their forms and a lot of the younger dudes that were like hey and in, in 1998 i was two you know I, I wasn't going to concerts then um they get to come out and see a, a, a really amazing representation of of the music because this is the best band possible playing it you know the best lineup possible in my opinion um so you know we 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 do our due diligence to recreate the songs in the best manner that we know how to. And sometimes that, you know, and, and even when, when CVD and I first were in death together, we were definitely taking liberties with the earlier material. You know, we weren't just playing, uh, you know, pull the plug or open casket, just like the albums we were, we were going in, in fun directions with them that, you know, and Chuck was like, dude, cool. You know, this is, I'm, I'm cool with everything you guys are doing. So, so to to be able to go out again and, and do stuff and have a cool tribute to Chuck and a really fun evening, you know, it's meant to be fun for people. It's meant to take people on any journey that they want to go on. Then, you know, it's, it, it comes from a pretty altruistic state and I think it's, it's noticeable live, especially. So, so that's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, has this lineup that goes out and does the uh, Death to All tours, have you guys dabbled with any original material since you are rehearsing? I mean, jamming's bound to happen at some point. No. No? Cool. No, 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 just because that's um, the, that is not what we're doing this for. Like, and, and you know, because uh, that, that, that's a question that we do, we do get a lot. Like, hey, are you guys gonna try to write like what would, would you what would be the next death album? It's like no, because Chuck's not here. We couldn't we wouldn't even attempt that. Um oh, I didn't, I didn't it imagine lot. it would be a death album. I thought it would just be some other thing. Oh yeah, well gosh, we we don't even anytime like when we rehearse, it's usually at the club that we are playing the next night for the first show. Like that's with our schedules, that's like, you know. Um, guys live in four different corners of the U S when, when it comes to the death project. So uh, as for getting together and jamming and stuff like, no, nah, we, we don't get to do that. We get to fly into the club, arrive that morning on the plane, sleep for maybe an hour and then start rehearsing for eight hours to 
get all the shit done and then play the show the next night. And, um, so not a lot of rehearsing going on. And anytime we start fiddling around with stuff, usually it's just with like some fun covers that we end up into in integrating into, into the, the, the show, you know, like, well, there's a big portion of the death to all set that we just end up going off on a tangent, you know, doing a jam or playing, playing, you know, like spirit of radio from rush or race with devil on Spanish highway from Al Miola or playing some Jimi Hendrix or something, you know, just all these things that, you might not expect from like a death metal band, but death, when we were together, we would do the exact same thing. I remember there was one time when um, we had lost our second guitarist for the last three or four shows of, of uh, the individual thought patterns tour. And our guitarist at the time was Ralph Santala, who was just being introduced to this style of music with death. And he had some other, he had another project that he was, having to leave the tour on the last couple of days. So we played as a three piece. We opened our set with love gun from kiss, you know, and, and with, with our, our, with our guitar tech, uncle Danny on vocals, like, and people were just like, wait, what? Like, and this was in the heart of the, you know, like death metal popularity and people were, you know, kiss and death metal just did not mix and chuck didn't care he's like fuck it let's open with love gun why not you know and, and people are scratching their heads and confused and going where's leprosy where's where's you know evil dead like what the fuck are you guys doing so um and that didn't matter so we kind of keep that sort of spirit alive and and just have some fun with with the dta stuff and and that that's one thing that's exciting for all of us is we don't know from show to show where it's going to go you know that's very cool uh i'm gonna go ahead and start winding us down uh, i've just got a couple more for you uh like i said the name sure. of this uh show is far beyond metal which of course is a strap young lad song and it is it, i've i've heard of it in some sort of context of yeah <laughs> God, it's, that's like one of the oldest strapping songs actually too. We, we recorded that song for city i know there's a live version on the australian uh that's, the live album yeah and that was more or less the version that we did on city. But uh, yeah, it was funny. It's just like, we recorded it for city, didn't make city, you know? So we just threw it in the live set, started playing it. And, uh, and then for whatever reason, it's like, wow, okay. 10 years later, we, we even recorded for new black. That was cool. We got Dave Brocky to be on it. That was really cool. Cause that was always a part of the song is maggots from, from Guar. We just, through the verse in from, from maggots into the song and getting Dave Brocky to sing on it before he passed away. That was, that was, that was super fun. That was super cool. Dave was an awesome guy. That was basically my entire question covered. It was like the background of that song and, and like uh, the history and Dave and all that stuff. So thanks. That's cool. <laughs> well, Hey man, I'm, I'm a Nostradamus. I tell you. Well done. Well, uh, thank you so much for talking with me today and I'm glad we were able to work something out. I, I know Testament has Absolutely. some upcoming dates like maybe next month, like this month, I forget exactly when, uh, what else do you have I, I coming up? Yeah, we've got some Testament European things coming up and then there's some Testament, um, uh, there's some Testament, uh, South American dates that are, that have been announced. And then there are probably some more Testament dates coming up in, pro I would imagine Europe cause we just did the States. So I would imagine Europe will be happening in the fall, you know, mid, mid fall, I would imagine. And probably some spot dates here and there. And, you know, we, we have been getting together with the DTA guys and talking about schedules and when, when can we possibly do some stuff? And, you know, we're just kind of with, with all of everybody's individual schedules within DTA, there's, it's looking like 2018 is the, is the starting date with which to speak about the possibility of stuff. So, right. so I would imagine in, in 2018, you'll be seeing some of that. And hopefully by 2018, you'll be able to see some Galacticon getting out there doing some stuff. And I am still, you know, definitely involved in, in my project with, with Lara Christine, my guitarist from Meldrum. Um, 
And that's kind of the most psychotic project I have going. I'm still, you know, it's, it's like by, by far the heaviest. And she is the musician that pushes me the most, like, you know, cause I've always complained that, Hey man, anytime you ever hear me playing some hauling double bass on a record these days, chances are that's because that's what I've been asked to do. Cause I'm really lazy as a drummer. It's like, if it comes to hauling double bass, I'm like, is there any way I can get out of that? You know, <laughs> no. And she's like, you know, have that Hoagland. I'm, I'm pushing you, you know, put some double bass in the shit, play faster. You, you fat jerk. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so there's that. And, and then, you know, I'm also, you know, still working on the, the latest dark angel record, the, the next dark angel album, still, still writing that. And, you know, like that, that's something that is also schedule oriented. Um, being as, as busy as I get, it's, it's challenging to find the time to, to, devote to all these projects but you know you, you just put your head down and go do you have a fear of burning out ever uh no god no no not at all i intend like that's one of the reasons why i've been on my like you know health kick for the past few years and i've lost 130 pounds or something like that because i intend on doing this forever you know like i i am definitely not one of those guys going man i'm getting old i can't play the way i used to in my 20s fuck that i'm i'm way better than i was when i was in my 20s i'm way healthier i play better i my stamina is better i play faster i i you know you name it i can do it better now and so retirement or you know burning out or anything no you know you get tired you get sleepy on the road. I, I, I do suffer from that, like exhaustion, but give me a few days at home and I'm good to go. You know, like put me back out there. I'm ready to be the capuchin monkey out there with my little money basket and fire the cash into it. Damn it. <laughs> now I'm just picturing you as a capuchin monkey and it's, it's both kind of terrifying and adorable. So I'm going to yeah, that, put that in thought in everyone's head. There you go. All Absolutely. Right. Thank you, sir. Uh, you have a good rest of your, your evening and, uh, I'll see you probably one of these things thank, eventually. <laughs> thank you very much, Daniel. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you. And thanks. Thanks for the, thanks for the chat. Of course. Thank you. Very cool, man. Have a good one. You as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Atomic Clock, The Clock Strikes 2 is out now at hoaglandindustries.com as well as amazon.com and other places. Gene will be out touring with Testament this year, and for those dates, head to testamentlegions.com. For more on Gene Hoagland, facebook.com slash Gene Hoagland official page. And if I may pull back the professionalism curtain for just a moment, Gene is my absolute favorite drummer. He was on a very short list of dream interviews, and having it on the podcast was something I didn't think was going to happen, and I'm very happy it did. Talking with him was an absolute honor, so extra thanks to his people for setting this up and Gene for going out of his way to make sure it happened after we had some communication issues. It all worked out, and I'm very happy with the result. So, thanks, and hooray. Anyway, I like to end every episode with a recommendation, and in this episode, I am bringing you the Hungarian progressive metal band Ghost Toast. I get a lot of emails from public relation companies looking to promote bands that they're, you know, out there talking about and when ghost host came through my email i had to check out the band based on their name alone 
They're called Ghost Toast. That's crazy. But that's fucking awesome. And so are they. They absolutely do not disappoint. They have a really unique blend of sounds that reminds me of bands like Porcupine Tree, Tool, Scale the Summit, Russian Circles, and so many more. So uh, without further ado, from their album Out of This World, this is Gordius.
Out of This World will drop June 9th via Inverse Records. For more Ghost Toast, head to ghosttoastband.bandcamp.com and facebook.com slash ghosttoastband. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode. If you want to talk to me, you can head to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I am on Twitter at Ovacord, or you can email me at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. And as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thanks for listening. A Catbox Production.